Hi, and thank you for tuning to the Fidesz podcast. I'm Seth, and in this episode, I talk with a person from a land I always wanted to visit. Coach Hamish Robertson is from New Zealand, and as all Kiwis, I know in a very cool way he combines being super calm, smiling, cool with his warrior spirit and experience. In this conversation, we are talking about some similar mistakes we did during our fighting careers, how as coaches now we are protecting our students to do the same, some business aspects of maintaining a combo sports academy and about coaching youngsters in MMA. Hamish Robertson is very active as a coach and after this talk he went to Singapore where his student Viet Ando won his pro MMA debut in one FC with impressive 47 seconds TKO. He is now coaching in Oakland MMA and you can contact him with links in the description. I'll just mention the site here www.oaklandmma.co.nz we recorded this podcast episode with Hamish uh, the morning before the IMFA talent scouting session in Sydney. Having the experience with coach Ed Bavilok that if we start talking MMA, it is hard to decide when to start recording the podcast episode. When I met with Hamish in the morning, I yelled him, no talking before we start recording. So we silently handshake, sit and did the episode. So I hope you enjoy it and learn from it as much as I did. Why do we fight? To protect home and family, to preserve balance and bring harmony. For our kind, the true question is, what is worth fighting for? The Fight Is All podcast. Okay, here we go. Thanks for having me in this beautiful Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so just to go, uh, can you tell me your your story in combo sports? Like how you started, like how you get involved? Yep. Um, basically, when I was younger, I um, started in doing a little bit of kickboxing. Um, I was never any good. I did it for about six months. Then I took a break. I did a couple of traditional martial arts. And uh, then I got beat up pretty bad in Brisbane. I got jumped by about 10 guys. Okay. And uh, then I um, started training properly. Um, I started in uh, MMA with uh, Shindo on the Gold Coast with Kerry Dunn. I trained there for about two years. Um, then I moved to London, didn't train for a couple of years. Then I came back to Brisbane. I uh, did some jujitsu with Darren McKean. Um, then I moved to New Zealand and I started training at Strike Force in Auckland. and. Uh, doing kickboxing, jiu-jitsu and MMA and started fighting there. And I was there for about five years. I fought in New Zealand, Australia and Japan. Uh, my record wasn't very good. I'd more just take fights okay. rather you, than... You were one of those guys that... Yeah, I was one, I was one of those guys. Just take fight with Yeah, someone wants a fight. Uh, when I was in New Zealand, there was basically no fights. So if we wanted to fight, we'd get a call from Australia and they'd say, do you want to fight? My first... Uh, proper MMA pro fight two days notice flew to Australia mm-hmm. I only actually had one fight on full notice but yeah that's, that's, uh, that, that's tough but never wise <laughs> no it's, it's a Ever, good everyone done it especially from our generation yeah. generation yeah. because like we was not really pros no not real ones no it was just you took the fight they'd give you some money if you were lucky they'd pay your airfare and because yeah. there wasn't many fights around you just have to do it if you want to fight you have to go and uh, that's a big learning thing. I don't let my guys do that. Unless it, oh, no. <laughs> I've been I, a lot. I, I and, and, now, and now, because I know, if someone calls me for, for sure, no, this fight, like, just no. You know? I, I, I don't say no. It's not a, cal- politely, a, ca- a calculated but, risk, not, but, just, uh, not just yes. I, I don't like it. I, it's only just, just a bad, bad practice. Yeah. Trying to, try to avoid as much as I can. But yeah, yeah. Not, not every time, especially... With the team back in Europe, because like Bourguet is a small country, yeah. so sometimes you just have a chance and just yeah, go for you gotta it take it. Cal- calculated taken. risk. Yeah. But uh, I started coaching in uh, 2007, and opened my own gym in 2010. And uh, my wife, she's a black belt. Uh, she teaches the jujitsu. Um, I'm a brown belt. I teach the MMA and the kickboxing, and we have a. Uh, a good fight team. I have guys that fight locally and internationally. I have a bunch of amateurs, a few pros as well. 
So yeah, that's pretty much it. Now I'm a bit old and broken, so I just coach and train jujitsu. Okay, so you still train? I still train. Um, got a few injuries. I I do a little bit of pad work if I've got someone I like doing pads with. Okay. Um, someone will hold in the technical pad work, but for me, I usually train jujitsu three or four times a week, and that that's my relaxation. And the rest of the time, I just coach. The good, it's. The good thing with jujitsu is like uh, it's endless, and you can still yeah. fall, you know, to adjust even if yeah. you if you're a bit, you know, broken here and there. But there's always a way to adjust. Why? Well, the as much as I was striking myself, the thing is striking you. You always get hurt, right? Even if you're good, you get hurt. Yeah. And uh, it's just like every spine, you just get knocked somewhere. Yeah. You know, like you know, like kick kick here and there. It just when you get older, the thing is. That's that. Yes, yes. They spoke with Coach Eddie. Like when you get older, it hurts more. It, 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 that, it, yeah, that that that's it. But uh, my own coach, my uh, my kickboxing coach, uh, uh, who actually made me champion, he he was pretty decent guy. And uh, he said he told me this like way ahead. Like I was really young, and I was like, you know, from things, you know, I'm gonna get old one day. <laughs> he said like, uh, when you get older, the things you don't really lose shape. Yeah. I mean, like you might not. Like when I was young, if I don't spar two weeks and then I'm like, you know, I feel like starting again. When you get a bit older, you kind of don't really lose the eyes and all this stuff. You don't really go go out of shape. But the thing that recovery sucks. Yeah. I mean, like you can still go, you can survive with the young balls because you know you use this old. You old, use your brain. Yeah, these old dog yeah. tricks, you know, like <laughs> pulling his stuff out, out of your pocket, you know, being being clever, and you know, tricky. But the thing is, two days after this, like. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Come on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. Like I um um now I'll do one day of hard training, hard rolling, then the next day I might just do technique. I might jump in uh jujitsu class, do the technique and then jump out before rolling. Um or I do train for two days, have a day of rest day. Um if I do two, three hard days of rolling, then I'm wrecked for a week. Yeah. Well the th the thing is like uh when you get to, to this stage, you know, you have, you kind of have push, you know, to, to train more wiser. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, and you have to accept that you're not a 20 anymore. Yeah. Like, it's hard. But, but. We all hate it, but. But it's so much fun to jump in and beat up the young guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you just pay for it later. <laughs> well, it, the thing is, to, to make it wise, you know, like, I, I'm the same. I enjoy, you know, to go hard with, mm. with someone who, who can take it, right? And it's, if they're, they're on the level, that, that that's fun, right? Like, with, with everyone else, I just, when I spar, I just spar. The thing is, when you spar in your coach, you spar because of them. Yeah, you don't not, really, yeah. you know, spar for yourself. You don't try to prove yourself. You spar you in do, a way, you, you, do, yeah, <laughs> you do what they need to do. Absolutely. And that, that's actually why I stopped sparring. Because yeah. I was doing everything they need to do, and I was getting hurt. Because yeah. I'm I'm sparring like their opponent. I'm I'm working on things they need to work on. It wasn't about me. So you're getting hit more. Yeah. So I just I haven't sparred kickboxing or MMA for maybe four years. Yeah. I just yeah I've got enough good guys now that I can put them in, and go hey can you do this this this, yeah. and they go in and do it. So. Uh, yeah. That's what. Was you getting in roles? You know, like playing a tall guy, playing a short guy. <laughs> um, more, more. You go southpaw, or you watch what the uh, person does. Yeah. And then it's like, cool. This guy just boxes, so I'm just going to box. This yeah. guy tries to take them yeah. down, so I'm going to try and take them down. This guy's a kicker. I'm going to kick them, and it might not be what you specifically do normally. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you're not as good at. You're, yeah. you're, you know, like you're turning. You know, like yeah. uh, you're morphing in whatever yeah. they need to fight. <laughs> It's helpful for your uh, skill level because you learn how to do it, but uh, yeah, it's um, not not fun on the body. Sure, sure, sure. Sweet. And uh, speaking about coaching, you know, what would you say like uh, makes your coaching style different? If you could say, but um, to be honest, there's a lot of good coaches around, and I. I try to put effort into the beginners. I'm not just coaching the fighters. I want to make sure, number one, in our gym, uh, everyone's important. If we don't have a good 
well, say 90% of our or 80% of our people don't fight. Yeah. Maybe 50% of them want to fight. Some of them will, some of them won't. But I try to look after and make sure my fighters look after all of the general members, train with them, look after them, help them so that we can afford to have a nice gym. Yeah. And, yeah. and all of those people, we look after them. They all come and support the guys that fight. And if we look after them, they get better. They make our fighters get better because they eventually push them. But uh, I think the main thing is caring about the fighters, uh, caring about all the people you train, and putting them first. Yeah. Putting putting their needs um, and having a good culture in the gym, making sure everyone's relaxed. When it's time to push, they push, but they're not trying to kill each other every day. Yeah. So when 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 you spar guys like. Uh... How how you you manage the, the sparring? Do you go hard before competition, or you spar white and you go hard on pads? So how uh, how you do that in 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 your gym? It, it depends on the person and what they need. Generally, we try and get if it's we have two two days of sparring a week. Thursday night we do kickboxing, and Saturday morning we do MMA sparring. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a mixture of people in the classes. Um, I choose everybody's rounds. So we might have 20 people in the class. I will choose each person, who they partner up with, how many rounds they do. And for the fighters, I will put them at the back. They can go a little bit harder, but it's still, it's uh, maybe 80%, 75 to 80%. Um, lighter contact on the head, a little bit harder on the body. And we try to get them technical sparring. Um, Majority of the time, it's technical sparring where they're they're trying the stuff that they learn. They're um, practicing what they need to practice for the fight. And if they've got a fight coming up, I'm going to choose specific people to spar with them who mimic their opponent or have a similar style. Um, generally, maybe a month out or say, say four weeks out, we'll do uh, one hard sparring a week for them for, say, two to three weeks. And then we'll taper it down. But I, I don't like hard sparring all the time. I think it's um, in this day and age with um, the amount of uh, traumatic brain injuries and concussions and that sort of stuff, you need to be smarter about it. You need to save your brain for the fight. And if you get knocked around too much in sparring, then uh, someone touches you on the chin in the fight, you're going to fall over. It happens even with the big guys. Oh, you see it in UFC. You see someone time. you see someone get clipped with something that looks like nothing. They might get hit with a little hook that looks like it just glazed and they go down. But what you don't realize is they might have been dropped three or four times in sparring over the last month, which just compounds the, the yeah, trauma on their brain. And it's um yeah. We've I've had maybe what I've had two people knocked out from the German maybe the last three years. That's pretty good. Yeah, we if we lose fights, it's generally by 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 decision, occasionally well, listen, by submission. Like, uh, but when when I started fighting, uh, as a coach, he was uh, world champion boxing, kickboxing. I, I he was very technical guy, you no know, lightweight, and uh, no, he was a very smart fighter, right? He was very intelligent. And I like from time to time, like uh, I was going, you know, to make pass with him because. You know, he's one of these coaches that you don't train all the time because you know, he was not my my general coach. Yeah. But <clears throat> you go from time to time, and uh, this guy is uh, this guy just like telling you something that like clicks. Yeah, just the little details. Yeah. But if 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 he listens, you know. But uh, the thing is, like this guy told me, when you fight, the main thing is not to get beaten. Yeah. And then eventually you win. Mm. But if you if you come out of the of a fight and you're not beaten you did well yeah because this means you're good yeah you're good it was a good match yeah and he was he was saying you know like that for him and it it sounds kind of strange to me at this time because you know like one thing is when you're trying to be a champion one thing is like when you're looking for perspective now he say he was saying that for him it's better if he comes from a fight without damage then winning a fight and being broken. And, being broke. and I was like, and this guy's world champion? Well, you think you're damaged. I'm, I'm tougher than you. <laughs> that, but that, then that, you that puts you up for a long time. Yeah. But then you realize that 
it's very clever because if you if you're not injured you actually train more you have more mat time yeah. and you excel more in the art yeah and if you excel more in the art of fighting with the time you reach this pinnacle yeah. which uh, was apparently in amateur sport and uh, is being world champion yeah and every sport world champion is well, I, used to, I used to watch the fights and you always want to have you see these massive wars that look cool i had oh, yeah. one of those and after that, I never wanted to have another one because I was in pain for six weeks afterwards. We beat the hell out of each other for three rounds and it was agony. Legs were sore, body was sore. And after that, it's like, man, you need to fight smart. You don't want to. <laughs> well, to be honest, like for me, this changed when I started being involved in MMA. Mm. Because as a kickboxer, I was... Uh, I was a pocket fighter, getting inside, just Stay there, rising and yeah. digging, digging, digging until the mm-hmm. guys fall. Mm-hmm. That's how I like to fight. But it's funny, you know, like uh, I was training and uh, I was champion already. And uh, a, a Bulgarian guy, he's a world champion in some on, on my weight class, we were friends. And he came in the gym and he said, oh, bro, I have this uh, MMA fight and uh, can you help me with, with striking it? Because like, at this time, no, I was kickboxer, he was a sambo guy. No one was cross-training, you were just beginning of the thing. They was even making this, uh, it was the first MMA fight they was doing in Sofia. Like, they was in, in, a, in, a, in a pub, in a ring 4 by 4 Yeah. Just like, you know, like this little square. So you're going to grapple. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> but, so, so this, this guy is super, super good grappler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's world champion in sambo, you know, like, very good guy. So I say, okay. And... Uh, we will we, we make, make, make a meeting, he comes to my gym, you know, go in the ring, you know, rub his hand because he did, didn't know, yeah. you know, with the goals and, okay, now we'll spar, right? And I'll say, like, let's spar to see, like, because I was, like, helping my coach, but it's not really coach at this time. I wanted first to spar, right? And, uh, okay, we start sparring and, uh, you know, like, if, if people like to, to talk about grapple versus striker match, that was pure. I yeah. had no idea about what grappling. Yeah. You have no idea about absolutely striking. Absolutely no idea about striking. So we start, you know, and we start, you know, like to, to spar, right? And I see him moving and say, this guy is And I go, I like to kick, you know, as I was flexible and I like to do roundhouses kick. I kick him and what he does, you know, he gets kicked in the head, make a full circle <laughs> and comes back. <laughs> and I was like, this guy is easy. He's world champion. And I say, okay, I'll push him now with, with some boxing. The moment I get in the close distance, grab me. I saw <laughs> the whites of the gym and my heels find somewhere there. <laughs> Boom on the ground. And then he started doing, you know, like at this time was like some awkward stuff, you know, mm-hmm. twisting me. And then I, and I'm coming in position. I, I don't know, like I, 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 I was so unaware about that that I cannot even remember what position I was but I remember the thought man this guy can rape me I cannot do <laughs> shit <laughs> you know, I was like I have to do I have to win this shit because yeah. I was already a champion in many times in kickboxing I'm mostly playing K1 you know back in the days I was playing full contact uh, uh, walking in K1 but K1 was my favorite stuff and you know like you're already champion you're in the national team right and comes a guy from an absolutely different sport you know, and you, you kind of meet on the middle ground, you realize that all your 10 years of training doesn't mean shit when he grabs you. You just like, you know, you just like, you feel this weakness, you know, and it's boring. I say, okay, I have to learn that stuff, you know. I, and I, do you have any, any idea about, you know, like, uh, like becoming a grappler? I was nothing. I was uh, super serious about people. But instead of going running in the morning, I started going, you know, grappling. with the some guys to grapple without any, you know, like, any thinking about perspective that I want to become I just wanted to learn that because I, I, I got, you know, when you're a champion, you, you have this like false feeling that you're invincible, you know. I think it's part of the thing. It's unre- it's not real, but it's part of the th- thing that makes you champion, you know, you believe that you're invincible. Yeah. It's absolute bias, but everyone does that in the moment while he's, he's rising, right? And that, that's how I actually started grappling. Was was funny. <laughs> well, I walked into uh, I I did a little bit of kickboxing, and then um, I was doing some traditional. I was doing kung fu, and I got sick of the instructor. He was a uh, we didn't really get on, and uh, one of the other instructors left who I liked. So 
I do a little bit with him at his place and then uh, I wanted to get back into training and uh, I found a flyer for Shindo and uh, myself and my old Kung Fu instructor were like, oh, well, let's go check it out. They do some kickboxing. That looks like fun. And we went, walked in and uh, they were doing some grappling and they're like, do you want to join in? We're like, that looks a bit funny. But uh, we jumped in, they taught us a couple of things, then they choked us, armbarred us, did all this stuff, and we just walked out going, holy shit. <laughs> and that was, we were both there the next day uh, waiting for the yeah. class, and from that day it was just, uh, yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, because, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you're trying to learn the best thing. You know, I know we were competing in a sport and everything, but still you have this, you know, drive to be the best fighter ever, mm. you know, like, it makes you feel feel good, you know. When you're walking on the street, you know you can fight. It kind of mm -hmm. feels good, right? But in the moment when you meet, like, uh, you know, like uh, something that is, like, absolutely out of your spectrum, it actually kicks your ass so easy. Mm -hmm. You're like, damn, you know, this years, and this doesn't work on this guy? Because I was thinking, okay, you know, like, uh, you have the, the thing, you know, like, you have this full thing, uh, I can do that, you know, like, I can keep him distance. No, if you if you don't know how to how to grapple, how to wrestle, you cannot strike. No. No, it's just Well you're you know, too worried about they see it in the UFC, you see it in all the fight shows. Someone's a super high level striker but they've got no groundwork, their striking doesn't work because no. they're too scared to they hesitate, they're not loose, they don't throw the things because they're worried about being taken down. Whereas you see someone who's got good striking, who is good wrestler, good groundwork or even some of the wrestlers or the the high level jujitsu guys, they're not afraid to throw stuff standing because they don't care if they go to the ground. Yeah. As soon they as you know worry, what to do. yeah, they have the, the reaction, you know, and they have the counters. And yeah, but if you if you're if you're fearful of going to the ground, then your striking's not going to work as well because you're every time you go, you think in a throwing something. It's like, oh, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Are they going to take me down? And I know. I think that there's like a, a absolute physical explanation about that. Because, uh, and I, I noticed this by myself, by, you know, like, coming into, into the mixed martial arts from, from striking background, back in the days, is, uh, and I, I was studying myself, why I get taken out, because I wanted to, to, to be able to, you know, to, to go with these guys. And I find out that uh, be, when you're afraid to be taken down, you get your hips back. Mm. But when you get your hips back, you cannot land a punch. Yeah, you're too far away. You need yeah. to drive forward. Yeah. And I think that's the reason, just because you don't think about it, but your body is naturally making because you're trying to keep the balance. And when you get your hips back and you cannot actually, you know, like extend, get yeah, them in and yeah. you know, you have to put your body behind yeah. the punch. And, uh, and when you get this weird, you know, when you don't know how to, you know, how yeah. you, you know, this, this weird, yeah. you know, like butt back mm -hmm. stance, you cannot land the punch. You, you might be very good, but just the, the, the way that you might be taken down, just taking all your striking mm -hmm. game out and it just doesn't work mm. and uh yeah there's other things you know like uh, uh speaking about specifics like how the how the stance is different mm. in yeah in, in, in mix, mma yeah in mix just subtle sure. differences of change of the feet uh different not as wide not as long a little wider not quite as long yeah it's uh all these things you have the tie style the weight distribution yeah uh, well when i when i get get serious about about mma i found out that my left leg is too front because I, I told them I was uh, uh, in kickboxing, I was using you no know, pressure fighting. But what I was doing, I was, and that was the style of my coach. I went for him. I was catching the decent with my left, yeah. and they was digging in. Guess what? I was, I get take, taken down hundreds of times with the stupid single leg. I hated this technique. Yeah. Every time they get me, just because, you know. Too much weight on the front leg. No, it was not the weight. I just like, uh, so I'm fighting far and I step again. And I'm causing this and this. And the thing is, it's super hard to get rid of this stuff, stuff because it was working for you for Built 10 years. Built in, yeah. And uh, I, 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 was, I was practicing footwork for two years to change my stance. It's very hard to change your stance. That's, that's the worst thing. Well, that's one of the key things I work with my uh, beginners. Stance. Yeah. For stand-up. Even like uh, we do a 12 weeks fundamentals for the beginners. And it's basic stance and basic striking and how to hold pads. And if you can get them to have the basics good at the start, then they can learn everything. If you shortcut it and they don't have a good stance, then everything they learn down the track is not going to work as well. 
So if you can give them the basics, give them a good stance, make sure that's good, then they can defend a takedown, they can throw strikes, they can wrestle, they can move in, they can move out, they're always balanced. As soon as you're not balanced, you're going you're gonna to fall over, you're going to get knocked over, you're going to get taken down, you can't counter in the right way. Yeah, I absolutely agree, you know. And uh, I think now, because uh, when you're coaching here in these conditions, and even back home now, because uh, back home now, especially in Bulgaria, you know, the gyms are not government funded, yeah. uh, same as here. And it's hard to be business and a coach in the same time. We, we spoke about that. Oh, man, I would love to just coach and not run a business, but uh, running the business... Doing the business side of things allows me to coach yeah. and live the life I want, which is good. But it would be nice to walk in the gym, teach for two hours and walk out and not have to do the business side of the gym. But yeah, that's just part of running a business is part of, for me, coaching. That allows me to do everything I want. Well, I know like uh, uh, Eastern Europeans are famous for being dark, but we have this saying, there's no cool happiness. Yeah. It's yeah. always the good with the side, bad side yeah. of, side of thang, thang. on the upside it's nice to have no boss <laughs> yeah yeah it's good it's good so you you were saying you know you put a lot of uh, you know one of the importance of the, of the basics yeah and uh, I absolutely agree with that because uh, I think that you know you rather have some moves but good yeah then you know playing but it's hard speaking about the business side is it's hard because in present days like uh, working here and in europe having maintain your gym in the same time you have to make the trainings fun mm. but in the same time you want to you want to keep to you want to keep them you know like to dig in stuff so how we manage to do that by the way um basically what we do someone comes in we have a 12 weeks fundamentals course for kickboxing, MMA, and also jiu-jitsu. So that's like your, your entry That's our entry. The... So they do those. Um, most people, to be honest, most people come in and do kickboxing. Uh, we do six days of pad work a week, but they do the fundamentals. We teach them basic stance, basic kicks, punches, and how to hold pads. Once we see they can do that, then they can join the other pad classes. And that's where we do fun stuff. We throw more elbows and spinning kicks and it's a little more fun, but it's also down to who's teaching the classes. With the MMA, um, we teach them basic wrestling and grappling. Once we see, for generally most people, it's like six weeks. They have, a, they have an understanding of it. Then they can join in the other classes and start rolling. They do more advanced techniques, but they still have to finish that fundamentals course and get the basics. Um, I keep my fighters training separate. I have advanced classes for kickboxing and uh, MMA. My wife teaches the um, jiu-jitsu. She has fundamentals, general classes, and also advanced classes. But if someone's keen, we'll push them through a lot faster. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard trying to keep that balance. Basically, the kickboxing pad classes pay the bills for the gym. Yeah, they're, they're always full. Yeah, they want to hit pads. They want to get fit. They want to feel good. Not everyone wants to get punched in the face. True. And uh, it's good now. Like the jujitsu is really picking up. And uh, we've got a lot of uh, guys coming through, the guys and girls coming through that are good. Our kids' programs. We've got a huge uh, kids' MMA program. And um, <clears throat> I've been doing that for nine years now. And slowly. Oh, yeah, slowly over time, it's um, just getting better and better. Um, I have uh, one of my friends, Dave, and students, David. Um, he comes in and helps me one day a week. He represented New Zealand in Taekwondo, and uh, he fought overseas for about 10 years in that. And his Taekwondo background, he's come in and helped me, and we sort of systemized the uh, training for the kids, which made it easier rather than just, oh, we're doing this today, we're doing this. We have, um, in the last year, since he's been helping me with the stand-up, it's amazing. They do a lot of sparring, all no head contact or light contact. And then I have uh, one, of my, one of my wife's purple belts, Ryan. He comes in one day a week, and he helps me coach them with the grappling. And uh, wrestling and grappling, and they're doing good. So hopefully, maybe next year or the year after, we'll put a few of them into the uh, junior, into the junior IMF rules. 
Well, we, 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 by the way, we're going to do juniors now in the end of October. Yeah, yeah. Are you considering coming? I, I, I am considering coming. Just depends, like for me, getting the juniors up to a, uh, a good level of MMA sparring. Um, I find that, to be honest, I find the rules are good. I like no head contact, but trying to teach them how to take people down with no head contact is... Um, it's a struggle because you can't actually change level and shoot uh, without, um, yeah. It's, you can, but you have to get the timing right. So we're changing things up, giving them different options of when to shoot. So if you're doing a double leg, it's generally a defensive one. Um, they might kick you, you might check the kick, you might counter off that. You don't really want to enter from the outside, come into range with a level change, just in case they throw a kick or a punch and you get hit in the head. It's, uh, yeah. So we're, we're playing with uh, the ideas of how to get them into, into range if we want to grapple. Stand-up's fine. Um, most of our guys have, uh, David's worked a lot with them on distance, control and all that sort of stuff. So they're quite comfortable standing um, with no head contact, keeping that range, moving in, moving out. But as soon as you add takedowns with no head contact, it's... Um, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, to, to be honest, I have a guy who is uh, 13, and uh, uh, I can see him to, to put him into a bit of trouble combat and doing golf or still MMA. And uh, honestly, like, last couple of weeks, I spar with him because I never fought without head contact. Yeah, it's different, eh? And uh, I was like, I have to figure out how to fight that way yeah myself you know you know to, to prepare him so yeah because it, it's kind of kind of challenge for me you know and i don't mind you know i like being challenged mm. you know because i have to think in different way now and i like uh, and i start inspiring him just to try and start watching kyokushin karai yeah uh and i uh, when i was training kickboxing back i have friends who was doing kyokushin and uh it's I never competed Kyokushin, but I, I was going to watch Kyokushin because of my friends. And to be honest, I stole some Kyokushin moves for my for my kickboxing that I used for years. And uh, they had tricks and bits there. It's it's interesting stuff. I don't like it because uh, I think it's what uh, what what personally bothers me with the with the IMF rules. It's just too much holding the guys without the head contact yeah. because i don't know I, I want it's going to be interesting for you to say what's your feeling feeling about it there is a bit controversy on the mmf side I, i've seen the rules. i am um, i do not like kids getting hit in the head full stop their um their brains don't they're not fully developed and i don't think the kids should be hit in the head i was i was very, i was very that, happy but, but it's very difficult to fight to that way yeah. Because my concern, my concern is mostly be from coaching perspective. Now. Yeah. Because I, I, now. I still teach my guys to keep their hands up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I, I'm thinking this way. And be prepared because there's a good chance that there's going to be a straight punch going to hit you in the head. Yeah. So you need to be ready it for all it. The time. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm thinking this way. So okay. So let's say because when you're coaching, you know, you want to coach someone to the highest level possible, right? Hypothetically, you want to coach these guys to win world championship, right? In 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 Ironman. So, but to become world champion, even as a kid, that's all still world champion. Yeah. So you have to dedicate. You have to explore this style of fight. Yeah. But in a moment, it comes your body and turn eighteen, and then on next championship, you have to fight with head strikes, mm. and it's not so easy adaptation, I think, because. Uh, when, when I was doing kickboxing, one of the easiest opponents was the guys who were coming to Kyokushin. Yeah. Because you can always trick them to, to drop. Just just by nature, when you push them, yeah. they put their heads down. Because yeah. that's their reaction when they go in a, mm. a striking exchange. They're protecting the body because... And and that's how you get it. You just push yeah. them on, on, you know, on combos, push, yeah. no, drop a lot of punches. And they just open their heads. Mm. Well, see, see, for us, like basically once, once a kid is uh, sort of 16, I will let them spar with the adults. But again, I make sure I choose who they spar with. I make sure the yeah. person goes light. 
and they do do head contact but it's all super controlled they wear headgear and it's all again it's controlled so i'm always preparing them but there's a difference between sparring and fighting yeah there's a difference like if 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 I've got someone who's preparing for the world champs for IMF or junior, I've got hopefully down the track, I'll have a few that will go maybe to the Oceanias. But if they're over a certain age or they're big and I think they've got skills, I will get them to join the adult sparring and they will do some head contact. But it's light. We put uh, 15 kids in the um, combat expo in New Zealand. Uh, what was that when the Oceanias were on over there? Yeah, was, and was, they was, they was, they had mat sports, so they fought under Waco rules. They did uh, uh, point fighting. They did three different styles: point fighting, low kick, and something else. And that was involved head contact, but it was all light contact. So one of them was touch; it's point. So you touch, you get points. Yeah. The other ones, it's all light contact. So they were getting hit, but it's all controlled. If it's not controlled, they get pulled back and they get DQ'd. So they are aware of it. They they, they will fight with head contact, but it's not full contact. Um, it's, it's a tricky thing, the white contact. Uh, and my impression comes so when I was well, in the national team in kickboxing, was competing in, you know, like in, you know, like both in Europe and worlds. The thing is, the most chaos happen in white contact yeah. not in full contact yeah do you know just how... because they're not allowed to do that yeah. and but just the thinking that the rules protect you and you don't really know uh, and and they're wolves well my but fir- the thing is when you wolves the strikes get get proper and you know, just go boom my uh my first um sort of fight i guess it was um it was basically kirkishan rules and a gi with grappling so there was no head contact, bare knuckle. Um, you basically fight in a gi. So Kyokushin rules. So you could punch. You weren't allowed to kick to the head. You could grab. You could go to the ground, and there was no striking on the ground. You could grapple. I think they have, and they have a rules that was yeah, I, I got my nose broken from a spinning back fist. So yeah, go go figure. I, I won the match because I couldn't continue because my nose was like this, but he got DQ'd. But it's like. Yeah, I should have defended myself. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I don't know, like. Uh... But it's also for me sparring, um, especially with our guys. If you can't control yourself and you get frustrated, you get angry and sparring, and you go hard. If you do that in a fight, you're going to gas, and you're more than likely going to lose. So if you can control yourself in sparring, keep your head in the right place. If someone hits you hard. Don't react, don't show them, just keep doing what you do. If someone hits you hard and then you hit them hard back and it escalates. That, that's how it becomes yeah, a fight. Yeah, that, that's a fight. But it's also, if you do that in the gym, there's a good chance in the fight someone's going to bait you into losing your cool and then you're going to lose it, you're going to throw too hard, your game plan goes out the window and there's a good chance you might lose the fight. Well, you might win. But... Because I have done this. <laughs> yeah, me <many> too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the things in 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 the the gym when I was built was uh, kind of this sort school gym. It's like it's very big gym. It's like uh, yeah, probably like two hundred people train there. And uh, it's boxing and kickboxing, so we we kind of train together. But the thing is, every sparring is a war, man. And it just yeah. Which which I don't think is the right approach. It's it's kind of this old school approach, you know, the tougher one stays, but. I don't think it's redeveloping because um, when you spar hard all the time, absolutely saying this by my own experience, you don't really expand. No, you just do the same things over and over again. The same thing, the things that you rely, you're scared. Yeah, you're scared. You're scared to try new things because you're going to get hit. I mean, I used to sit in the car before sparring, go shit. I don't actually want to go in today. When a long time ago, when I was um fighting because the sparring was hard and you when I first started sparring you, you get scared because we're good guys we had a lot of good guys in the gym very good kickboxers and you said I used to sit there going I just don't want to do it I'd force myself to and six months a year into it you're like this is fun but the first first sort of few months of sparring you like, holy shit I'm going to get beat up it's, I'm, it's fun yeah when you're good. <laughs> yeah it's not fun when you're the new guy yeah 
So what I try and do with our guys is like we do beginner sparring. I teach people how I want them to spar, especially MMA. It's um, uh, don't fight every takedown, or don't like use try different things. Sometimes if you're defending the takedown, it's not working. Go with it. Go to the ground, but be aware that what you you're choosing to go to the ground so you can start your defense. You can start working. You don't have to fight everything 100%. Try everything. Go to all the positions. And that way you're comfortable with it if you're in a fight and someone takes you down. Cool. You know what it's like. Um, but if you fight everything 100% in training, people get broken. Yeah. If, uh, especially when you put on the little gloves. Like everything has to be controlled. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and yeah. It's also, yeah, you look after your partners. Every time you go into sparring, try and have a goal in mind of what you want to do. I generally, Tuesday night, we do our technical uh, kickboxing class for the advanced guys, which is, um, which is uh, basically all Dutch drilling. So we punch, kick, you punch and kick each other um, rather than doing pads. Pads is more fitness. It's good fun. But Dutch drilling is really good. Technical drilling. And I tell them on Tuesday. What, what, what do you say? What do you mean about Dutch drilling? Dutch drilling, basically, where you both put shin pads, gloves on, and you punch and kick each other. So uh -huh. the combination's on the person. Yeah, yeah. It's better for targeting, timing, all that sort of stuff, distance. Um, we do that, and we teach them techniques. And I tell them, on Thursday night, when you guys spar, this is what I want to see. I want to see you trying this stuff and sparring. Don't just rely on everything you normally do. We've done five different five different combos or different angles. I want to see you do it on Thursday night. If you do that, you're going to make me happy. Rather than just beating someone up and always winning, if I see you do this and actually trying it, that makes me happy. Sure. Okay, so I just get got curious about that. Like, uh, sorry about asking you, but you just get like, curious about the coaching stuff, which is personal interest. It's all good. It's all good. So how you do when you are when you're learning uh a striking technique which is striking combo yeah because it, it pretty much i think that there is kind of consensus how you you want grappling technique you know pretty much all of us know like you you drew it but when you are tr trying trying you know to teach uh to teach people a striking technique which in, in striking perspective is normally common on advance. Not, yeah. no, no, not just, you know, like, you know, we, we assume that uh, when, you, when you're good enough, you, you don't learn the moves because you already have the base moves. You want like combos. Or, you like, put them together. Or, yeah, yeah. How, how do you do that? How do I, how teach, do how do I teach them the combos? But, yeah, particular striking technique or, co or com combination. How, how you, as a coach, how you imprint that in someone's mind? Um. It's repetition. I, I pretty much adopt what the what the IMF coaching thing has done now with the demonstrate three times with good technique at a good pace to start with. That changes what I, I, it, it I, does, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. And I start using it since the, the last coaching Yeah, and, and it makes a difference. Like yeah. I'll demonstrate three different angles. I'll do it at good speed. Then I go through and explain it. Um, uh, we will explain it. I'll, I'll explain how I want the hands to move, how I want the feet to move where I want the feet and where you finish. Um, I generally get them in the technical drilling sessions. I'll get them to do a five minute round of it with the partner. Um, I, I walk around, make sure they've got it. Most of the guys in that class generally, they have good basics. A lot of them are fighters, so I can show them. They watch, they learn and they go. But what I'll do, I'll do it on the Tuesday. Then on the Wednesday night pad work, I will try to work in that combo so it's a pad combo. And then on the Thursday, they spar it. If it's one of my fighters, then I'll get them in and do it on the pads with them over and over again, round after round after round. We might add on. Um, we might add on. We might put angles in it. We might change it. But the base of the combo is the same. So it's you don't show them one day and they get it. I need to. It doesn't work. Often, just, often you I'll show them and yeah. they come on the next train, it's already yeah. gone. Often, I'll have a theme for my pad work each week when I teach the pad work and the kickboxing. I'm doing this this week, so 
Tuesday I'll do this, Wednesday I do this. I do it the same, but I might do it a little different yeah, on the pads. The then I'll do it Thursday. I might get them before sparring. I want you to drill this combo, grab a partner, five minutes, let's go. And then I tell them, this is what I want to see. And then if it's one of my fighters, we get them on the pads once or twice a week and we try to actually drill it in with them. So it's it's part of their game plan. But you need to show them multiple times. You need to get them to drill it. And if it's a fight, you're going to do it for five or six weeks. Sweet. Uh, so what's next for your team now after we finish this course today? Um, tomorrow I go to Singapore. Uh, one of my boys, Viet Ando, he's fighting on One Warrior. Um, he, was the XFC, he won the XFC title, amateur title last year at Flyweight. So... Um, He's yeah, he's fighting a Korean guy on Thursday. Is it pro match? I know that uh, he, yeah, yeah. Well, no, uh, no he, this is his first pro fight. Rich Franklin came to Australia, oh, came to New Zealand in February and signed him. Um, he's, he's got a lot of potential. Um, so he fights then. Then July 12th, my number one fighter, Ev Ting, he fights in Kuala Lumpur against uh, Daichi Abe who's a Japanese guy who's fought in UFC. So that'll be a, a good fight. And uh, then we got some kickboxing fights coming up in uh, July. And then I'm looking around for some MMA fights for some of my other guys. Oh, so like, yeah, busy times. Busy, busy schedule. Yeah. It's fun, I guess. It's yeah. cool. No, it's good. It's fun. It's a good life. Better than sitting behind a desk. True. <laughs> it's... It's you're not that rich, but uh, they, you know, like this broke money quote. But you're not looking for this kind of riches. No. <laughs> I spent a lot more money. I was um, I worked in finance for a few years. I was a project manager for a construction company for a while, and I earned two. Th- I I earned two or three times more than I earn now, but I had no freedom. I yeah. hated my job. You like and enslaved in this. Yeah. Now, now I'm. Circle, yeah. I've found my groove. I work maybe six hours a day. I usually work seven days a week, but it's but fun. It's, it's you don't feel it as well because you kind of like you keep warning, you keep discovering something. Yeah. Kind of, you know, like yeah. you're working, but it's still a passionate work. So it's yeah. The other thing, I love all my fighters. Like uh, that's my favorite classes of the week, going in and training with my fighters because. Most of them have been with me for sort of three to five years. Ev, my number one guy, he's been with me for nine years. And I spend so much time with them, but it's we have a, we still have the coach-student relationship, but we're tight. And I, I love being around them. I love training them. So, like, I love, every, the gym's fun, but when I get to work with the fighters two days a week, just them, and I get to watch them improve, and it's it's that's my fun time. Sweet. Yeah. So, how people can find your your place to train? Um, can, and how they can get get in touch with you? Uh, basically, AucklandMMA.co.nz is our website. We're on Facebook. Say, say it again, like Auckland for, because it's on the record. So. <laughs> AucklandMMA.co.nz. Uh, we're based in Auckland, New Zealand. I'm going to put that in the description. Yeah, so. cool. Uh, we have Instagram. Uh, we have Facebook page. If you want to, we put up lots of videos of the gym and the people training, fighting, and all that sort of stuff. My wife runs a jiu-jitsu side of things, which is VR jiu-jitsu. Um, she's a very high-level black belt. So we, we have the best of both worlds. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna give a give a uh, last philosophical question just right oh, now. Oh, okay. If you have to have a name, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that works. Pushed too. up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is worth fighting for, for you? What's what? What is worth fighting for? From what from is worth office? worth fighting for? Yeah. Uh, there's lots of things worth fighting for. Obviously, your family, your friends, your club. Um, I don't know. I used to be fighting for money, <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's, um, to be honest, I think uh, 
most people, the really good fighters just love to fight. Like I, I love to fight. If, if I could now, I would fight. I just can't make it through the training camp. And I'm 45. I just, I just love that feeling of walking out. And yeah, it's uh, testing yourself. It's a yes. for oh. while. You know, it never goes. It never goes. I, and, uh, kind of you know, the coaching gives you this just to get a bit of it by being the guy behind. But see, but you're I, still, you know, you're still in this workout, you know, I, just I, I would, making someone to live the dream. I would rather be in there getting beat up than watching one of my students get beat up. That that kills me knowing that I can't do anything about it. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, I'd rather you beat me up than beat up my student. It's, uh, I, I don't. Do it's you yell water in the corner? I sometimes I talk a lot. I sometimes <laughs> give the give the officials a little bit of grief. <laughs> Some of the referees in New Zealand don't really like me. Um, I <laughs> I, t I talk a little bit. I give them a bit of shit from the corner, but you know, it's their job. They they sign up for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, referees don't get hurt, my friends. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Thanks for that, brother. Awesome, it's thank really you. Pleasure. It's been a pleasure working with you on the course as well. I learned Thanks. learned a lot from uh, watching you uh, in the first one. There's a lot of little details that oh, you do you. that that I like a lot, and you have to come and visit. Oh, always a good, good pleasure. I always I always wanted you know, to to go in New Zealand. It's my bucket list. Yeah, well, if you want a place to train, you come over. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'll show you around Auckland, and there's a lot of gyms around New Zealand. If you want to travel around, I can put you in touch with. Good. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Okay, good luck on your team in uh, in the next challenges. Awesome, thank you. No, really wish wish you all the best, and I hope to to see you in October on on the comp uh, in in Gold Coast. Yeah, we'll so, try. We'll try. Hopefully, 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 we would would be fun. We'll I'm see. Excited because uh, we'll see if my wife lets me leave the country again. Take her with you. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't like to go to certain places. I don't know. Gold we'll see. Nice. Yeah. I lived there for almost 10 years, so. <laughs> okay, sweet. Yeah, I, I think it, it's time for us to go on the Yeah. <laughs> sweet, cheers. Thank you for listening to the Faisal podcast. Subscribe in your podcast app to receive the next episode when I will meet you with a super cool person and with tons of fighting experience. Brian Eversol has 71 professional fights with 51 wins. He was fighting in UFC, Shoot, Strike Force, King of the Cage, just to name a few. We talk about the history behind his signature chest arrow, the most unique UFC fight bonus ever, and how Dana White can actually be noble. We also talk how important is the positive image of a fighter and the importance of the periodization in the MMA sport.